she whispers. Harriet does not answer right away. She stares past Mrs. Livingston's shoulder for a moment, then brings her gaze back to Mrs. Livingston's face. I'm twenty-one now, she says. I can vote. Do you remember talking with me about women getting to vote? Mrs. Livingston remembers three young girls taking a five-year-old to a suffrage parade. She remembers the three girls being mad for suffrage, each one topping the other, marveling at the glories that would come when women had a voice in government. Who would have guessed that the five-year-old was paying such close attention? And, Harriet says, my father is not a young man. Some day I will inherit. Blood money, Mrs. Livingston spits out. Is it? Harriet asks. The question lies between them. It is amazing how two words can fill a room. Why do I have to be the one who tells her? Mrs. Livingston wonders. But she knows. Of the three girls who took the five-year-old to the parade, she is the only one still alive. How did you find me? She asks which is not quite answering the question, not quite agreeing to talk. I hired detectives, Harriet says. When Mrs. Livingston raises her eyebrow doubtfully, Harriet adds, My father gives me a generous clothing allowance, but I will not be wearing new clothes this year. So, it was shirtwaist money that found me. Mrs. Livingston says bitterly. Nobody wears shirtwaists anymore, Harriet protests, then seems to realize what Mrs. Livingston means. Oh, uh, yes, shirtwaist money, insurance money, investments. Mrs. Livingston hears the waver in Harriet's voice, the shame and guilt. The sins of the fathers, she thinks. But something has changed. She is no longer capable of turning Harriet away. She no longer sees Harriet as just one of the daughters, a formerly pesky five-year-old. She sees her as a twenty-one-year-old who would rather know the truth than have new clothes. Mrs. Livingston sighs. The fire is not the beginning of the story, she says. What is? Harriet asks. The strike? I read about the strike, too. She is so young, Mrs. Livingston thinks. But Mrs. Livingston had been young once, too. Before the fire. Before... You wouldn't have seen any of our names in those newspaper stories, Mrs. Livingston says. Bella and Yetta and Jane, Harriet chants, her voice taking on the cadence of a five-year-old again. Bella and Yetta and Jane. Mrs. Livingston closes her eyes, and for a second she can almost feel her two friends on either side of her, the way they used to walk their arms intertwined. Then she opens her eyes, and it is only a balustrade she is clutching.
We did not know one another for long, Mrs. Livingston says. We had so little time. This is both a lament and an accusation. After all these years, she still wants the story to end differently. Three girls meet, become friends, struggle, find happiness, and have their lives go on and on and on until they are three old ladies in rocking chairs. It just didn't happen that way. Mrs. Livingston stares off into the distance, off into the past, off into a time when she didn't know the fire was coming. The story begins like so much else, she says slowly.